Did you know that the original Final Fantasy creator, Hironobu Sakaguchi, made a spiritual successor to that legendary series called Fantasian for Apple Arcade, and every level in the game is a handmade, physical miniature model. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing, and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au forward slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today at sifter.com.au forward slash arcade for a one month free trial of Apple Arcade and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. This offer is for new subscribers only $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled. Hello and welcome to episode 17 of Mainstream uh, by Pixel Sift. My name is Gianni Di Giovanni and joining me on this episode of Mainstream is Mitchell Lowe. Hello. Hello. Uh, have we done 17 of these already? I think we I've done, done like two. No, you've been on more than that. Really? Um, yeah. I think, yeah. <laughs> we could count it up. Count it up at home while you go in there and leave us a rating and review. Uh, here at Pixel Sift, we made our name delivering some of the best indie games coverage um, for games made in Australia and around the world. And this is Mainstream, uh, where we look at mainstream games. Funnily enough, that's where the, the AAA games come into our discussion. Uh, we discussed those high-profile blockbuster games, uh, ones we've been playing recently, both from the back catalogue or brand, brand new. Now, Mitch, can you tell me what you've been playing a lot of recently? So, my time has been occupied by the global smash hit Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout. Um, it is the Wipeout-inspired uh, Battle Royale uh, obstacle course, uh, obstacle course Battle Royale, and I don't know anyone who's not playing it, and I know even fewer people who haven't heard of it. And I've been playing um, the follow-up, well, sort of the follow-up, but it's a new game from Hello Games, who you would know from No Man's Sky fame. Uh, it's very different to No Man's Sky. It's called The Last Campfire. Let's jump in. Australia's best video game podcast. Subscribe to Pixel Sift on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are found. Mitch, I've never been on Twitter before. That's a lie. Um, but what is Fall Guys? I've never heard of it. So um, as I mentioned earlier, Fall Guys is a Wipeout-inspired battle royale, which is obstacle course-based instead of combat-based. And so, by Wipeout, you mean the Australian TV show, not the racing game that people might have played on PlayStation. Yes. I don't think the, I don't think Australian... I don't think Wipeout, the TV show, is not Australian. But yes, the uh, obstacle-based, obstacle course-based game, similar to Ninja Warrior, similar to all those uh, Japanese game shows, those physical game shows that you might have seen on Twitter over the years. And um, so basically, it's a lot more colorful. And instead of running the gauntlet one by one, uh, you have a pretty much, I think it's about 50 to 60 players uh, running the gauntlet at once. And you slowly get eliminated um based on how fast or if you can finish in the allotted time. So um, in the first in the first uh, run of the obstacle course, uh, 40 players will be allowed through roughly. And then uh, if you don't make it in, then you get eliminated. And then you'll run another one and another challenge until there's one person left. 
And what sort of challenges are there in the game? Um, you know, there is an obstacle course, but there's other ways that you can uh, compli- compete. So a lot um, of them are platforming-based, uh, but a lot of them, there is one or two that are more memory-based. So there is one where you have to, like, remember the remember where the particular tiles are, and then when the clock runs out, you need to jump on that tile and the other ones fall away, and then you get eliminated like that. Um, there's also more strategic uh, games, which require you to, um, which require you to um, hold on to a particular like it's it's like tails you have to like grab tails from the other team um that being said yes there are also team games like soccer uh there's an egg game mode where you have to collect as many eggs as possible and uh there's a a game where you have to roll a ball using the with the help of your team uh toward the end of the map and so which one of those do you find the best and which do you find the most challenging i found myself with a very strong aversion to everything team based um there's a there's a real lack of communication if you're not playing with a squad um and your squad can only consist of up to four players and uh if your players get eliminated then that's a few less people that you're communicating with um communicating with your team during the game against um against people you've match made with uh that's non-existent uh in fall guys so pretty much you are just running around trying to accomplish a goal with a bunch of people that can't talk to each other. So I have a strong aversion for anything team-based. Uh, I particularly enjoy um, the uh, climbing the uh, climbing the mountain, uh, which I forgot the name of the actual level. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm pretty good at it. And uh, a lot of people hate it. But uh, I seem to be able to be pretty good at it. And so why is it in this game, unlike a lot of other um, competitive down-to-one style it's it's sort of in terms of battle royale, but it's not really a battle royale. It is more like those uh, elimination game shows. Um, what is it about this one that's really clicked with you that others haven't? I think the lack of mechanic, like the the lack of tight mechanical skill required to be good at it, is a plus for me. I'm not really good at, uh, even though a lot of the games I do enjoy are shooty shooty games. Um, I don't particularly like directly competing with someone and really it's not really direct competition until the very end. Um, strategy to survive is a very big part of Fall Guys and I, I like I like uh, taking advantage of good strategy and um, I didn't realize but I'm pretty good at platforming so that's, uh, that's, that's the reason why I like it. There you go. Hey, so what are some of those moments that you really stood out to you? Can you tell me a story of one of the games that you played, what it was like when you played it, or, or things that really stick in your mind when you're trying to tell people about this game? I think the ability to grief in that game is pretty interesting because you, there are they've they've obviously put in the mechanic to hold a fall guy, so you can like you can kind of grab other players and like hold them down and to get around them and like to essentially stop them from progressing. And I think people have gotten really creative with that to a very frustrating degree. Um, nothing I can really figure that I can remember. I do remember winning. Like every winning in Fall Guys is definitely a lo- lot bigger an event than any other Battle Royale. And uh, I, I think I think it actually absolutely is a Battle Royale. Like there was eliminations and um, and... And people, and then there's one person standing at the end of a at the end of a game of about sixty. So I absolutely believe that it is a battle royale and should be should be addressed as such. Um, but yeah, winning in that game is definitely uh, an incredible feeling. You talked a little bit about the controls there. Um, who do you think this game is actually for? That's interesting because I think I think the game, I think the game is is aimed at 
a little bit I, I hate the word casual gamers but i think it's low stakes gamers like um there's no there's no real like character progression apart from um cosmetics uh the game is currently uh i think it is still um up on ps plus as their uh, as their game of the month so it's available there i know that's a lot of a lot of the game's player bases come from that um very similar situation to fortnite in that regard although fortnite has always been free and and um is available to everyone all the time um all guys is only a limited time um but um i think the the low stakes nature of it the art style leans toward a more casual player base uh that being said i do see some people taking it very seriously on twitter how seriously i think there's a lot of uh a lot of uh i think the term is sweat and they uh <laughs> they really want to win I mean, does that feel right to you though that people are taking it as seriously so as a lot of the conversation around this game is like oh why are people taking it so seriously and why are like then people shouldn't take it seriously i think games are as serious as you make them um someone can take minesweeper very seriously i mean in a competitive environment you can make anything serious um i think the random nature of fall guys um leads me to not take it very seriously myself personally um but then again i don't really take any game seriously to the degree that it affects you know my mental state like if i that, that that's just a personal note for me like if i feel like it's affecting my mood in a negative way, I think, well, you know what, probably should get off it. Where does this game kind of fit uh, in the mix of things for you? Is it something you chuck on at the end of the day? Is it after you've, you know, played some Destiny? Is it Where, where does it kind of fit in the mix for you? I'm finding it an extremely fulfilling stream game to, to stream it because um, so I'm having a lot of fun streaming it on my personal channel um, and also uh, the Pixel Slip channel. So that, that's where it lives for me at the moment. Um, I don't really play it... Um, I play it socially exclusively. Uh, I don't play it on my own. But then again, that being said, I don't really play a lot of games um, solo. I tend to play most things socially. Um, but yeah, that's where it sits for me. I, I think it's a great stream game. It's a very good social game. Um, and it's it's fun for me to look at, which is a big uh, plus for me whenever I play a game. It's not If it's not fun to look at, like before I pick up a controller or touch a mouse, then... Um, doesn't really interest me. And who do you think this game is for? Who's going to get a kick out of it? I think the cliche is like, oh, the game's for everyone. But I actually legitimately think that uh, we couldn't go with the cliche on this one. And I think it is for everyone. Um, basically because there's just all the communication and the winning and everything about it is relatable no matter how old you are, what age you are, um, the where you live. I think it's, it's very, it's very, it's a very it's a very um the the game is blind to where you've come from i think everybody understands the uh, the feelings of betrayal and um and elation when you win and uh the idea of finishing an obstacle course and like and being the last to qualify i think uh everyone should relate to at least one element of four guys it's a bit like the uh you know school carnivals or something like that isn't it mitch Oh yeah, but at school carnivals, people didn't get fully eliminated and have to quit. <laughs> they were gone yeah. <laughs> out of the out of the school. Yeah. Uh, so that's four guys. Uh, it is available on PlayStation at the moment, uh, and also on computer as well. You can pick it up on Steam, and it is by Mediatonic. Really weird that it's not on Switch. That that seems crazy to me. I would think a bit of the PlayStation Plus 
money might have made a difference to the reason why it's mm. not on Switch at this stage. But I, I would say it would be a matter of time. Yep. This is Mainstream by Pixel Sift. So, Gianni, the last campfire. What is that? Because I've never heard of it. Yeah, it's a bit of a sort of sleeper uh, release, I think. I, I remember them talking about this when it first kind of came out. It had a bit of a splashy reveal. Um, but The Last Campfire is the the next game that has come out from Hello Games, who you would know as the developers of No Man's Sky. Mm-hmm. Is it a space aesthetic, a space adventure in a semi-MMO world? No, it's not. Uh, it is a uh, – it's a really – a uh, colourful, beautifully designed, artistic puzzle game uh, with a little bit of world exploration uh, where you work uh, through as a character called Ember. Uh, there's a narrator who talks you through the whole experience in, in a way that looks similar to, to games like Bastion, you might remember. Um, and basically your job is to to light all the campfires in the world and where this is interesting is that it's sort of a story about being disconnected. It's a story about disappointment. It's a story about being uh, upset and hurt. And it's about making those connections to people who are feeling pain and bringing them back towards the light. So do you feel like you you played a lot of No Man's Sky as well? Do you feel like a lot of the art style and everything i mean i know you said it's very different in gameplay and tone but do you feel do you feel like they were made by the same people like do you feel I, like you know there's elements to them that you can see that there's kind of like a common language in design of how it's come about to me it really looks like um it looks like a game that is that could have appeared on on itch almost um that sort of level it's sort of like a premium uh indie game that's kind of where i would place it obviously no man's sky was massive massive game um, and kind of took everyone by surprise, including I think the team at, at um, Hello Games as well. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's kind of like there's a lot of the uh, you know you, you're basically playing as a little hooded character, actually kind of similar looking to the Fall Guys, funnily enough. Um, yeah, they have uh, all these different journey character. Yeah, or like a journey character, kind of a mix between the two. Um, and yeah, they basically you go through this world. It's all sort of fire and ruins and things like that. As you go along, you're, you're talking to ghosts, and the ghosts are leading you towards uh, people you can help. And they've kind of been frozen by their emotions in time. And I can't help but think when I play this game that this is just a little bit of the story and the feeling of what it was like for the developers at Hello Games, um, sort of facing down some of the uh, criticism they received after the release of No Man's Sky because that game was extremely hyped. And some people were not happy with what they got when it was actually released. You know, the idea was uh, they had an expectation that wasn't what the game was when it first came out. I think it has now reached that point when the team has worked very hard to get there. Um, but it didn't meet the expectations. And and people were really, really sort of, I guess, toxic and abusive towards the people who made that game. And to me, that real some of the conversations you have with the characters in the game, that's what it really feels like. You know, you feel like this story where you're talking about people... Um, you're talking to a character which says, well, nothing I do is of any worth anymore. And it's quite <laughs> quite sad, really. You look at it and then there's other people you're trying to bring back and you're like, I can't uh, can't connect to other people. Uh, you know, I feel isolated and things like that. So, you know, there is, you know, that, that element to it which kind of runs through the whole the whole game um, as, as well as the sort of like, yeah, sort of 3D puzzle game where you will, you know, complete little challenges. And the, the challenges will be similar to many other other puzzle games you would have played in the past. You know, you're rotating bricks around to line up in the correct position. 
Uh, you might be moving other items around uh, to to block wind so your character doesn't get, uh, you know, is holding a torch and it doesn't get blown out. You know, there's a lot of the similarity to it, you know, in, in many ways, the way that kind of almost looks aesthetically is similar to Breath of the Wild, that's the vibe it kind of gave me. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's it's a, it was very, it just was very sad. <laughs> I felt very sad at the end of it. Does a lot of that emotion come across through actual dialogue or like character animation? Would you say it was a mixture of the both? the two uh, it's all dialogue um basically because there's a narrator through the whole game as you play it um uh, you'll say you know this spark uh felt sad or you know felt disconnected from everyone around them so and, like, you know you actually in style like all yeah all thomas tank style yeah kind of like that and as you you know ember was taking the flame back to the person and reconnecting them to the you know it, it, that's kind of what it is as you kind of progress through the game um yeah it it's really kind of quirky and interesting um it's a you know you, you're going along helping gigantic pigs um sort of have a meal so you can move through the next level um it, it's uh you know very playable in short chunks. It only takes about five hours to complete. And I think I just took my time doing it. You could probably smash through it really quickly. Um, and it kind of has an all a wrapped together story in the end. So it's a nice little succinct experience. There's a conversation that I uh, stumbled across on Twitter and there was a big, it was the point of it was like, do games like Fall Guys, for example, that we just talked about count as indie games still? Because like I think we now approaching the last campfire like it's an indie game, but it's made by Hello Games, the creators of No Man's Sky, which is like a massive game. No matter how successful and what you think of it, it is massive, and it got pushed by Sony and all that kind of thing. Uh, do these do these games still count as indie when they have like that much backing behind them? I don't know. I guess it's a, it depends on the definition of the actual developer. You know, the, I'd say that the majority of the team at Hello Games would probably would have been working on uh, on No Man's Sky. And do they let a smaller team, you know, an indie-sized team as part of that work on this game as a thing? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, for, uh, Mediatonic, who makes Four Guys, is not a big studio. And I know that yep. um, Hello Games is not a big studio either. You know, we're talking, you know, t- 20 to less than 100 people effectively. Yeah. Um, pretty small in the grand scheme of things. Pretty small in the you know the budget budgetary schemes as well. Um, so yeah, I, I think maybe almost indie now is almost like a a bit like a design language if you kind of talk, think about it that way. It's not yep. so much about uh, what what the game actually how big it is, how much money it costs to make. It's more about the aesthetic and the ideals behind what what the sort of story is trying to tell. Have you finished it? Yeah, I finished it. Yeah, I sat down and sort of finished it over a couple of hours. I was playing it on the um, it's on the uh, Apple Arcade, so I just sort of sat down, played it for a couple of hours. It took me about yeah five hours to complete uh, fully, uh, unlocking everything in it, and um, yeah, just sort of tied together really nicely. And what I really liked about it is it was a short experience. Um, you know, it was something you could if you just wanted to play something that wasn't going to challenge you too much. Um, but some of the puzzles were quite challenging. I had to sort of come at them a few two different ways and sort of step away for for. 10 minutes, go get a drink of water or something and come back to it. Um, but, yeah, it's just, just a tight, succinct story and very sort of different to what I would expect from a, ga- a company that made a game like No Man's Sky. Does it have any replay value? Um, you can replay it because there's a sort of a, a, a written story that you can collect through different diary extracts, and it's of, from someone who has come before you taking this same journey that you are on. So you were kind of sort of following the steps that they have done. Now, I unfortunately had a bug in the one that I played where one of those 
uh, elements became uh, completely inaccessible to me. It's on a moving platform that you can sort of trend, uh, you know, move around, similar to some of the abilities in Breath of the Wild. You can move this metallic platform around, and it got jammed on a piece of scenery, so I actually couldn't ever get it um, which sort of sat there so i had 39 out of 40 of these little diary entries which was a little bit sad but um yeah i think if you wanted to go through it again you could sort of play it but i honestly think the sort of game that it is um it wouldn't be extremely challenging for lots of different people maybe if someone wants you've got them on board with um, you know a game like four guys you might want to say oh well, you want to try something different something like the last campfire might be a uh, a sort of game that you could try out and it also for me it sort of feels like a game that isn't you know, when you're trying to make the example to people who don't play games, it's like, well, this is what games can be as well. Yep. Are you excited for like a Campfire 2? Is that something you would want or? No, I don't think it actually, like I'm a big fan of things just ending. <laughs> really, I am a fan of that. And I think that, you know, it having its own little nice story is, is good. I mean, I liked the world that it was in. Um, you know, potentially there is more space for stories to be told in the in the same world. Um, but I didn't, I didn't need it. I really just thought it was... Um, an interesting story. It really made me think a lot about, um, you know, empathizing with other people. And it could be, you know, maybe this is just the way it was, but it was written from a sort of profoundly um, empathetic position, I thought, which meant it was really kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of sweet in a sad way. Uh, uh, do you like? I think I think it's important for things to end as well. Like it, it when when things tend to drag on and on and on. It, it, it tends to lose its meaning after a while. Yeah, definitely. I, and I think, yeah, there are lots of other short source um, gameplay experiences where, where I think the sort of comparison to an indie-style game in the sort of design language is really apt because it is that short experience. You go through, they're just trying to tell one, uh, one little, go through one little story, there's little elements of, across it, but this was obviously made in quite a polished way. Um, so you could see that the, the the care and the skill was put into it, um, and you know people with extra resources and extra workflows. Um, but yeah, it just it didn't stay longer than it needed to stay. It was perfect, and this well, I guess one of the aspects of it is that because it can be played on on the Apple Arcade, it's something you could actually play on mobile entirely. So you could play it on your phone, um, or you know it is available on other platforms as well. But it is something you could kind of just jump into as if you're on the bus or or you know just have five, 10 minutes here and there, you could kind of go through a few puzzles and sort of play it that way. So that's The Last Campfire. Um, it's out on Apple Arcade. Uh, it's on PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo Switch, and you can check it out on PC, uh, on both Epic and on the Steam Store. You're listening to Mainstream by Pixelsift. Visit us on pixelsift.com.au. So that's been Mainstream by Pixel Sift. It's what video games the Pixel Sift team have been playing and what they've been reading online. Uh, my name is Gianni, and thanks for being part of uh, episode 17, Mitch. Thanks. Yeah, happy to be here. Uh, thanks to Brian Fairbanks from Salty Dog Sounds for composing the Mainstream theme music. Mitch, where can people find you uh, on Twitter? Yes, I'm on Twitter at 643. And I'm on Twitter at G underscore DI underscore G. Uh, and while you're on Twitter, give Pixel Sift a follow. Or you can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Uh, give us a search there. We've got another podcast as well. It's just called Pixel Sift, and we talk to uh, indie game developers basically about their process. We've got a really cool one that's just gone up uh, about a game called Boomerang Foo uh, with Paul Kopetko, uh, and he talks about his experience of designing uh, a local multiplayer game where playing multiplayer games is not allowed because you can't gather in places with it but hit the surprising uh, success that he's had from that so that's called pixel sift you can find it on your podcast players
Yeah, and we've also got heaps of stuff to check out on our website, including uh, Pixelsift, uh, pixelsift.com.au uh, for videos, articles, and much more. Uh, that's pixelsift.com.au. And if you like what you heard, why not tell a mate who you think would like it too? Uh, tell them you can find us on any podcast player of choice. That's it for this episode of Mainstream. Until next time, have fun. If you're in the market for a super addictive puzzle game, you have to check out Mini Motorways on Apple Arcade. It's a city planning strategy puzzler with an incredibly satisfying gameplay loop. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today. That's sifter.com.au slash arcade for a free one-month trial of Apple Arcade, and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. New subscribers only, $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled. 